Hey guys, welcome to the Buns Podcast. I don't really have much to say before this episode. It's just kind of astounding to me how many positive posts there were this week. People finding misconnections, you know, looking for love, helping each other out. I mean, there's always stories about people helping each other out, but it just, uh, when I see as many as I did this week, it kind of renews my faith in, uh, not Buns, because I've always got faith in Buns, but just, you know, people being happy, doing the right thing. It's uh, it's pretty crazy. Anyway, here's the show. Welcome to This Week in Buns. Hi, Buns. This is Callie B. Oh, yeah. Intros. So <laughs> we're going to do this new thing where we tell you our names. Uh, my name is Koji Nagata. And I'm Callie B. Yeah, you can find us. We post a lot in the Buns podcast zone. Actually, this week, if you want to see my friend's run wild uh photoshopping me into <laughs> random photos they're pretty hilarious i posted in bun's podcast on i got a little out of control anyway this week in buns so uh i'm gonna start off with a ha- heartwarming story because uh it's a pretty pretty good one so esther uh posted in buns that uh she had posted a little while ago she runs a princess event company, and mm-hmm. last week she had posted in Buns, um, you know, her services as a princess. Mm-hmm. I saw this today. It's so heartwarming. Yeah. And also, it, I'm friends with Esther. She's great. And this guy, <laughs> this guy found her um, and told her about uh, his sister who's battling leukemia in the hospital. So the company she works for sent out Anna and Elisa from Frozen, and there are photos of her sister being surprised in the hospital and it is amazing it's just the most heartwarming thing ever it's so cute and she even said like she's been crying since she got those photos and like she posted a really lovely like a whole post about it yeah and like how much she was touched by meeting her and like the pictures of them in the hospital are super cute so definitely go to buns podcast zone because we will put a link to this there so you can see the post because it's it's so super heartwarming yeah absolutely all right so the the next thing i saw that was kind of funny was uh rebecca had posted in buns that she had dropped her iphone 6 in the toilet oh i saw uh, that and it has since been confirmed deceased sad face yeah uh, and it's impairing her fledgling business. She is looking for an unlocked Rogers phone if you want to help out a very clumsy lady. Uh, and what she has to offer is personalized cookie faces. Amazing cookie faces. Oh, they're they're incredible. They're so... I would like not want to eat it. <laughs> like they're too tra- good. She'll trade 12 cookie faces uh, of anyone you want. And uh, in summary, she's looking for an iPhone, uh, oh, an unlocked Rogers iPhone 6, a hero, a miracle. We'll trade 12 personalized cookie faces. Doled out over as much time as you would like. These cookie faces, like I know you're like, oh, they're cookies. You're trading that for an iPhone. But like these cookies look like drawings. Oh, they're, they're pieces of art. super detailed. They're amazing. You can tell who they all are. I mean, there's uh, Jerry Seinfeld and Larry mm-hmm, David. Mm-hmm. Um, Aziz Ansari, the queen. The, who's the last face, though? I don't know. I don't have it. Oh, hold on. 
that's Kim Kardashian crying. Oh, see, I'm not. <laughs> I'm like so clueless that's when like it comes a to pop famous, culture. People turned that into a meme. I don't actually watch the show, but I, I don't, I don't remember why she was crying. But like they've they've memed that particular photo of her. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of. That's the only it. reason I know. <laughs> oh, somebody put up. This is clever. Somebody put up in the comments a picture of some iPhone 6s cookies. Uh, she could make you iPhone 6 cookies in trade for an actual iPhone 6. Also, girl, when you get a new phone, let me just tell you, I've dropped iPhones in the toilet. Invest in a life-proof case. It makes your phone waterproof. You can literally do videos underwater and it will not ruin your phone. I've done it. It's great. It's only like 70 bucks. They'll replace it for free within a year if it messes up for any reason. Just like get one. Then you will no longer be ruining your phones when they drop in the toilet. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't think you'll have any trouble getting your business off the ground because these cookies are amazing. They look incredible. You want to eat them all? I do. Anyway, moving on from that. Um, I got a couple bike posts. One... Uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, this guy, Harlan, is trading his tall bike. It's literally a bicycle with another bicycle frame on top of it. And it's super tall. One of a kind custom tall bike, single speed, currently has front brake, needs a rear brake. Blah, blah, blah. He just had knee surgery and doesn't want to risk falling off of it. So that's why he's trading it. But it's one of his favorite bikes. He's sad to see it go. Um, he is ISO bike parts or a Steam gift card. I'm not sure if anyone's gotten it. But in the comments, it was actually super cute because a bunch of people have said that they've seen him uh, numerous times on the bike and it always puts a smile on their face. Someone else said that like every time they and their kids see him on this bike, like it just makes their kids so happy. And she was like, oh, thanks for like waving to my kids. It was like really cute. Uh, right. They've literally not forgotten your bike since then. As in, mommy, remember when we saw that guy riding that super tall bike and his head almost hit the trees? <laughs> so like everyone in the comments was just like thanking this guy for like riding this cool bike around. Right. <laughs> and like making their day. So that was a cute one. Um, and then in sad stolen bike news, um, I know we have one of these like every dang week because there's so many bike thieves. However, this one should be easy to find and it comes with a reward. Uh, so a guy I know who's awesome, uh, his girlfriend got her custom bike stolen. She got this bike custom needed to fit her height because she's five feet. She's quite tiny um she usually leaves it in the storage room in their building which is in parkdale at king and wilson park um over the past two days someone came into their building and took the bike with its lock and left with it um the sad part is she's traveling she's out of town at the moment and didn't even have a chance to ride it much because she just got it and then went on vacation uh he told her and she's super devastated so go to bun's podcast zone check out this post it is a black uh, bike. It has white uh, rims and a blue seat and blue text on it. It's custom made. So if you see this bike, it's her bike. Like there's no possible way there's another one of these that's exactly the same as this. She had it like made for her. Um, he's also offering a $100 gift card for any leads uh, if you can help him find this bike. So guys, please keep your eyes peeled uh for this awesome bicycle and please go to bun's podcast zone and check out the link so you can see the pictures well speaking of kind of 
Bun's regulars, it would seem that not a week goes by that uh, something about Spice Girls gets put up on Bun's. <laughs> so Krista writes, Spice Buns, a few moments ago, one of you made a call for us to dig out our diehard fan past. So I present you the official Spice Girls snapshot album up for trade. Now, it just seems like a book full of Spice Girls like headshots, like professionally done photo mm-hmm, shoots mm-hmm. and stuff. Maybe you're thinking, why is Victoria's so- maybe you're thinking, why is Victoria's torso so oddly tiny in the letter S? Or why do you have the repeat sleepover card in every pack? Or why do I have to go back to the jug o' milk every week to spend all of my chore money on a glimmer of hope for a <laughs> card I'm missing in my set? <laughs> well, this is all the Spice Girls cards apparently. So if you want them, crazy. They're up for grabs. Well, to go with that, um, Alan was trading, although it's probably gone by now because this was actually a week ago that this was posted and everybody loved it. One large men's Spice Grohl's t-shirt and it's <laughs> Dave Grohl oh, it's redrawn amazing. as every single Spice Girl. <laughs> I love it. Um, oh no, it has been traded. Okay, but at least go to this post and look at this shirt, even though you can't have it because it's amazing. So just go look at the post and cry. Because you're never going to have this shirt. Speaking of crying, <laughs> I was kind of crying laughing. And I'm going I'm to try and get through this whole thing because it's kind of long. And it's been since edited. But Misty Fox uh, is ISO a man in her life. And there are a oh, this ton post is so good. of responses. A ton of responses. And I mean, if, if I wasn't a single man, she kind of reminds me of uh, Leighton Meester a little bit. And I'm a huge, uh, what was that show she was on? Gossip Girl? Yeah. I'm a a huge Gossip Girl fan. Are you? I can be. I never knew. I can be. XOXO. Um, (laughs) So the original post reads, an immediate start must possess light skills like putting sunscreen on my back and zipping up my dress. As well, more demanding skills like taking me off the ledge during PMS moments, picking me up from the airport or the floor when my life gets too much. Aside from that, I can handle pretty much anything life throws at me, and I have for the past eight years. I can do it all. I don't need a man to complete me. However, I'm pretty bad at computers, so hooking up my printer would be an asset. Showing me how to lay out a blog post would save my whole evening of frustration, as well as advance our life slash bank account. I need him to tell me it's okay when things go wrong. Well, you know what? This is so long. I didn't even realize. It's so amazing. Yeah, she just goes into every detail. He ha- he has to wear my hats, keep my Australian bones warm in the frigid Canadian winter, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I mean, it goes on and on. To, in order to see it, you kind of have to go onto the post and go to the edit history because yeah. now it just reads thank for the, thank you for the wonderful responses. I got a lovely a lot of lovely messages and reassurance that is it isn't such a bad idea to put yourself out there. Yeah, so like 100% this is an amazing post. Um, you can view... Do you want to tell everyone how to view the edit history? Yeah, if you click on the little arrow in the top right-hand corner of the post, uh, and then there's like a more section. When you click more, you can see view edit history, and then it shows you... Her original amazing post. Yeah. Because we'll put the link up, but it's going to go to the edited version. Right, but then so you don't can get just confused. read all of the comments because there's so many of them there's just like so damn many 75 comments and they're all like you know there's also nested replies and stuff people were really on misty's side here to uh 
help find her a man. I mean, people are like, my brother's single. He lives right around the corner. All she seems shit, so. super cool. Yeah. Like, I want to date her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so my favorite thing that happened on Buns this week also needs your help to be even more awesome than it already is. Hillary posted on Buns Helping Zone. <clears throat> do you need to do your good deed of the day? I need testimonials for Dork Academy written or video. This was amazing. Just posted on the page's timeline. Uh, I have convinced my, she's eight years old. She says, I convinced my daughter that this is a real school and that I sent an application in for her. She thinks there are classes like fart classes and the science of poo. I wrote her an acceptance letter and we'll mail it tomorrow, but fear she's having her doubts. This is very serious stuff, everyone. Uh, you should join in on the fun before she gets too old for this shit. FYI, the school's team and mascot is the butts. And there are 48 comments on this. Uh, Dork Academy. So she made a page, a Facebook page for Dork Academy. At least, at least go to this and like the post. Uh, sorry, like the page, because the more people that like the page, the more it seems like an actual school that exists. And then you can leave a comment and talk about the school people are like making up teachers and making up classes and the whole thing's unreal <clears throat> yeah like the the prom is called the spring poop ball like people like it's just it's people are going in like i made a crest for the school oh nice <laughs> uh like it it's getting uh, like out of control in the best way and like her daughter is actually starting to believe that it's real again and she posted a video of her daughter doing like a video application to the school and it's like one of the cutest things i've ever seen uh the school motto someone someone suggested that we make the school motto semper sub ubi Oh, Semper, Semper Ubi Sub Ubi, which means always wear underwear. <laughs> nice. Um, Fits in with the whole motif. It's hilarious. Like, the comments on this are hilarious. In the comment threads, like, there is the video of her daughter. Go watch that. Actually, there's two videos. Um, and on the actual Dork Academy page, uh, there are some really amazing, like, people talking about how much fun they had when they were at Dork Academy. And it's a... I think it's like you can do any schooling there. So people are like majoring and stuff, but you can also go there if you're eight. Like it's literally like <laughs> <laughs> it's from like K through university. This uh, is like that movie with Justin Long and uh, oh, anyway, where they make up a school, pretend to go to it. I don't know if you if you saw it with Justin Long and uh, uh, who's the guy from Superbad? What's his name? Jonah Hill. Okay, I was like, which one? <laughs> and he's wearing a hot dog costume and he's like, ask me about my wiener. Anyway, kind of reminded me of that. Anyway, this is amazing. So go write a hilarious visitor post about Dork Academy so we can uh, convince this innocent eight-year-old girl that it's a real place <laughs> and that she wants to go there. That is amazing. Speaking of hilarious childish things, Brendan posts on buns, uh... Why is the man on this box crying happy bacon tears? And it what? is a, well, it's a Japanese box or like Asian. I shouldn't say it's Japanese, although it looks pretty Japanese, but it could be. No, it's Japanese. Um, he says, let me introduce you to the Poochie Poochie, a keychain that simulates the inexplicable joy of popping bubble wrap. That's oh. right. Infinite popping pleasure in the palm these. of your hand. <laughs> I've seen these online, not in person. Yeah, yeah. He has a whole box of them. 
And yeah. if that's not enough, every 50 pops, you'll be congratulated with by what sounds like a giggly cartoon kitten. This sounds like my dream. I have two <laughs> cases of these things and would love to get rid of them more than one at a time. Yeah. He does doesn't he know what his eyes are, but. Why does he have two cases of these? I, he didn't say. <laughs> I don't know. It's he a didn't great say. mystery. But there you have it. Um, okay. So in other funny posts on Buns this week, uh, in the main trading zone, Brian is trading an Ikea double bed frame that I can't pronounce the name of because it's from Ikea. Uh, he says, this thing is very well traveled. Here are some examples of places it's been and a photograph of the make of the bed. This one is in perfect condition, but does not come with a mattress. Uh, bed is located in Kensington Market at the moment, but has two tickets to fly around the world leaving on August 27th. And since we recently broke up, I don't exactly feel comfortable going with it. So maybe this is your chance at a round the world vacation with the bed of your dreams. And then he's posted uh, four photos of this bed in various uh, vacation spots around the world. It's like the bed in the Eiffel Tower and the bed and the pyramids in Egypt and the bed on the Great Wall of China. <laughs> like it's hilarious. Pretty good. It's so good. Okay, well, I don't have anything to follow up that is hilarious, but I do have some pretty good news. So, uh, Josh posts, remember that post a few months ago of perfectly good food thrown out outside of a Walmart Etobicoke? Uh, because of that, uh, he and some people have founded something called Flash Food. Oh, which looks like it's going to be amazing. Yeah, so kind of through Facebook, through Facebook, through uh, Buns, they, they created this group where uh, they're trying to curb waste, help people save money, and I guess essentially collect food that would normally just get thrown away. Yeah, they're making it an app, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. making it an app, and what the app will do is update it itself every day as to uh, different restaurants or in grocery stores that have food that is about to expire and uh, that you can get a super deal on like immediately. So like the Metro by your house will be like, oh, we have a bunch of hot dogs that are expiring tomorrow. Come and buy them for 50% off or whatever. Right. And so it'll tell you when places have these food deals so you can go get them for way cheaper than normal. And then they're not just throwing it out. I'm actually uh, getting him to come sit down with me oh, cool. tomorrow Sweet. for interview. an interview. So in a future episode, maybe in the next episode, keep your ears open. Um, I'll have him on. And it's, I mean, maybe I can convince him to give me a prototype for next month because I am going to need some help getting some fucking food. <laughs> yeah, you are. We got it all put together. You know, the, the word's just about to drop from head office. But uh I mean, if this is the first episode you've listened to or you haven't heard the last few, I am going to spend the next month living off buns. So Buns timber. Yeah, food's going to be part of it. I mean, details to come pretty soon, but just keep your ears open, guys. All right, so there's been a lot of love on buns this week. Um, one was that awesome lady with her, like, ISO, a guy who's, like, super awesome post that we just covered. Um, another one, there is a girl. Uh, this is a missed connection. Layla is ISO, the really cute, short-haired male blonde first responder slash paramedic that came with another responder to the walk-in clinic at St. Patrick in Dundas today, which was August 8th, to help. 
I was dying, kind of, and he was so sweet. We had a lovely discussion about how we both flaked Saturday night to stay in and chill alone. I wish I could have carried the conversation on, but my throat was kind of closing up and I appeared to be morphing into Jabba the Hutt. Uh, your left eye looked a little red slash sore, but you were adorable. Buns, please help me find the red-eyed hero. Uh, last I checked, no one had found him yet. So, if you happen to have a friend who is a cute, short-haired, male, blonde first responder, um, maybe it's the man of Layla's dreams. Let her know. Yeah, there's a lot of people looking for love and friendship on Buns this week. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, the other one was Skylar. Right. With his amazing post. Yeah, and all the girls going nuts? Yeah. <laughs> so Skylar Jeez. posted in Friending Zone. Hey, Buns, I don't have friends in the city. Kind of tipsy and want to party. ISO and invite somewhere. We'll trade me and a drink. Uh, and then all of the ladies in the comments lost their mind because he's pretty cute. And then um, hilariously, this girl, Nikki, commented, was it you that stopped on your bike in the middle of the night and kissed me and then ran home? A long time ago, but whoa, if it wasn't you, maybe you have a twin. And then he commented back and he was like, it was me, heart emoji. And then everyone lost their shit <laughs> and was like, this is better than the notebook. Please go on a date immediately. I just want to believe in this movie-esque true love shit. Uh, like, so, like, there are, this one comment thread has like 38, replies because everyone wants them to go on a date <laughs> crazy <laughs> so that they know that the buns magic is real and then he actually did uh end up finding some people to hang out with that same day because of this post and he posted a lot of like really cute selfies and they posted uh like pictures of them hanging out with him in a park and yeah, yeah. It's super cute so you know buns magic wins again this guy got friends in like maybe a date with a girl he randomly kissed <laughs> on the street like weeks and weeks ago well speaking of love sarah posted hey buns did you want to go to burning man this year but were gutted when tickets sold out in seconds did you think that this would be your year off and now regret it immensely? Have you always wanted to go, but your friends didn't and you didn't want to go alone? Well, today is your lucky day. We have an extra ticket and space in our, in our RV for one. Oh, damn. We are ISO Blinky Lights and an awesome person to join our sweet crew. That's pretty crazy. That's it? They Three, want Blinky Lights? Yeah, and a sweet person, but there's an edit. We are picking up the RV in Reno, so you need to meet us there. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's that's no big deal so at all. So get yourself though. to Reno and yeah. then go to Burning Man, I guess. I don't know if I could handle that, to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't know if I have the constitution I mean, Way Home with Man. a Bunch of Buns was really fun. Maybe Burning Man with a Bunch of Buns would be fun, too. Oh, I, I don't even know if it's the company. Just in the middle of the desert, everyone's high out of their mind. Oh, it's and it's like, going to be so hot. Oh, yeah. I've, well, I mean, I've never been, so I can't prejudge it. It just seems like madness. The best kind of madness. I just... I don't know if I have the constitution. Mm -hmm. It's like a it's like a giant group fever dream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, did you have anything else for the week? Um, I think that's it. Me too. Uh, I'm out. So the last thing I will say, just again, because I'm so afraid that I'm just going to be eating instant noodles for a month, is uh, any of you guys who are growing stuff in your backyard or have extra food or whatever, next month, again, living off buns, email me podcast at buns.com. I'm going to set up a whole, uh, like, you know, all the social medias that you kids are into these days, Instagram, 
uh, Twitter, Snapchat. I don't know. What else is there? That sounds about right. I don't know. Tumblr? You no, Tumblr? no. Like a blog? Yeah, some sort of video yeah. something. You need like a WordPress. You got to like everyday chronicle the ridiculous outfits that you're wearing. Sure. Guys, he's literally... Everything he uses for the month of September, he's forcing himself to trade for. Yeah. So trade him your weird clothes. Make Koji wear some sweet dresses or something. I can make Snapchat stories out of it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll figure it out. I'm, I'm hammering out the details tomorrow uh, and then, you know, let you guys know soon. But it is, oh, I don't know. I don't know. The dressing part, too. That's going to be tough. Anyhow. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, I think that's it for this week in buns. Uh, if you got any interesting stories, uh, you know, give us a holler at podcast at buns.com or call 647-936-8765 and leave a voicemail. Please leave voicemails so Koji doesn't have to keep playing movie snippets in the middle of the podcast. Yeah. We'd much rather hear your awesome voices. Yes. Also, join the Buns Podcast Zone and if you see any cool posts that we are forgetting to cover or that you think we should talk about on the podcast tag us i am callie b koji spells his name weird k-o-h-j-i he's probably the only one in buns so just (laughs) just at that and you'll find him and or you can just post it in if you can't remember our names just post the thread in buns podcast zone so we'll see it and then we can talk about it next week totally and just real quick before we go uh, I don't know if you guys noticed, but uh, they made some changes with the Buns app. They've got like a whole ISO list thing. Mm-hmm. And it, it allows you to just kind of, um, when you view Buns, you only see the items that are on your ISO list. Which is really cool. You can kind of filter out all the noise. Yeah. I mean, because as much as I love women's dresses, I'm not <laughs> I'm not ISO women's dresses. I mean, so. you might be in September. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. But uh, pretty cool. I, I've been messing around and uh, I've seen some of the prototypes that they have coming out. So big things coming for the app. Anyways, thanks for joining us, Buns. Keep on Buns in. Yep. Too much shit in your apartment? Get rid of it today on the Buns app. Available in the App Store, Google Play Store, or online at Buns.com. So this week, I sat down with Daniel, who is an economist and a PhD student at the University of Toronto. I came to find out that he specializes in online marketplaces, which is kind of perfect. We sat down and talked about the economy of buns and just how it is that a training economy can get so popular in this day and age. It was a really interesting discussion, and I would love to sit down and talk to Daniel again about whatever. I hope you guys liked it as much as I did. Here it is. Hold liquor like an experience alcoholic in his mid-40s. Drink 40s like black guys from early 90s movies. So drunk I swear the cashier trying to screw me. Remembering my ex former friends. Okay, so I'm here with Dan and he is uh, an economist, I guess. Why don't you kind of explain? Yeah, so... Because uh, I don't know anything about anything. <laughs> so uh, I'm a PhD student at uh, the University of Toronto. Uh, in economics, and uh, my main kind of focus of interest is in online markets and how kind of people interact with each other and how people interact with firms and online markets. Awesome. Yeah. So is that what initially attracted you to Buns, or did you find your way there uh, elsewhere? So what initially attracted me to Buns was actually my my partner uh, at Camel Mile High. 
uh, she's she got quite into buns. Right. And w- as soon as I heard about it, I kind of I thought it was really curious. The, yeah. The kind of currency less economy type thing because it's right. very counterintuitive to how we normally how we in the economics profession and just in general normally think about kind of trading and how exchanges work right so let me ask you something then because you said that it's quite different what what would you expect like what would be the normal sort of trade uh system and then why is buns different okay so that's great question so I think it's useful to kind of start by thinking about why, uh, what are, so, I mean, the economy basically started with bargaining, right? Like we didn't, along, you know, thousands thousands and thousands of years ago, we didn't didn't have any currency. Now we have lots of currency, right? Right. So it kind of makes, kind of, to think about why currency was adopted. And I think part of the reason, so there's a couple, a couple of like, so this is a bit of an economic background. Sure, yeah. Um, Basically, like, there's a couple of issues with, like, a straight-up barter economy. Uh, and the, the main issue is kind of this, something that was called in the 19th century, the double coincidence of wants, which is basically that if I have something that I want to trade away uh, for something that I want, I have to find someone who has what I want and who wants what I have. Right. So, you know, if I want to trade houses... Like, if I have a house and I want your house, um, but I have to make sure that you want my house back, right? So yeah. that's kind of a big issue. And then the other big issue is is um, the divisibility. So, like, if I have a lamp, then I want to trade for a desk. Right. And I find someone, and you think that, my, that your desk is worth, you know, half a lamp. I can't break my lamp in half because it makes it kind of point worthless. Right, right. So it's getting equal value, essentially. Um, yeah, exactly. It's kind of figuring out, you know, like, because objects aren't necessarily worth as much taken apart as they are in a big unit, right? So, like, when you think about money in terms of, like, currency, then, you know, this these issues are kind of getting fixed in the sense that, you know, um, instead of, you know, finding... If I have bananas and I want to get apples, instead of finding someone who has apples, I can just go to the store or I can sell my bananas for, you know, like $5 and go to the store and buy apples for five or go to the person who has apples and buy apples for $5. Right. Um, So that kind of fixes this issue. And then the other thing is like the divisibility. So like, you know, money is divisible in the sense that you can instead of if you have $5, you can break it up into $5 coins or whatever. Um, so actually interesting point. I was looking as part of my preparation for this. Okay. I was doing some background reading. You've already prepared more than I have. And, um, so there's this, uh, monograph from the 19th century by William Jevons. Okay. Like a pretty big name economist, like classic, classic economist. And he actually has a, like this kind of pretty short, um, monograph about money. And how like exchange started getting around, and like how money started getting used. Yeah, and so he talks about this double coincidence of wants. But then, um, but then right after he talks about it, he mentions something, which is that. So he can I just read that? Yeah, yeah of course. Okay? Okay. Yeah. So he basically says, within the last few years, a curious attempt has been made to revive the practice of barter by the circulation of advertisements. 
Uh, the Exchange and Mart is a newspaper which devotes itself to making known all the odd property which its advertisers are willing to give for some coveted article. Uh, one person has some old coins and a bicycle and wants to barter them for a good concertina. Uh, a young lady desires to possess Middlemarch and offers a variety of old songs of which she has become tired. Right. This is actually, when I read this, this, this paragraph, I uh, kind of laughed to myself because it sounded very similar yeah it's basically buns it is exactly buns yeah uh, circa 1875 in london um yeah so so it actually made me quite curious about what makes you know buns tick in the sense that it is it does seem to be very successful yeah um you guys are getting a lot of users and a lot of trades are happening right right um and i thought about it a little bit and I think there's a few kind of focal aspects of buns that kind of drive this barter economy. Okay, I'm curious to hear what you what your thoughts are because I have thoughts of my own on that subject. But so the first one, which I think we should just get out of the way, is that buns kind of has a currency. Yeah, I mean, in the sense of tokens and tall cans. Sure. Yeah. So you know, tokens and tall cans are basically like like money right like they're the same they're money you know like it's storable it's divisible and you know you can you can you know exactly what it's worth right so if i offer you three tokens i know exactly how much i'm yeah. offering you, and you know exactly how much i'm offering you so i think that's that's one thing right um but both those things also have a very small window of utility as compared to money that's true i mean beer is kind of storable yeah, like you can you can store it for but, a while, but you're really only using it for one thing, uh, unless you're retrading it. I guess. Yeah, no, it's true. It's mostly it's mostly done for the use of it. But I mean, you can think about. But lots of stuff has been used as currency over over sure uh, history. You know, like they used to use pelts as currency yeah. back in the Hudson Day company. Right. Hudson no, Day I, company. I mean, I guess it makes sense because money doesn't only has as much use as we allow it to. So. Yeah, I mean, money is interesting because it doesn't have any external use, yeah. right? Uh, but yeah, but tokens for sure, they're they have they have value yeah. until December thirty first, twenty sixteen, right? Right. Which is actually kind of curious what's going to happen. Today. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but then, yeah. So then the the other two things that I kind of came up with uh, were one is if the article that I want to trade. Um, doesn't have a lot of value to me, right? So you know, like basically in 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 mine and my partner's experience, the stuff that we were kind of trading was mostly stuff that we were going to like throw away, maybe, right? Yeah, I, I, I that's definitely a big part of it. I think that uh, part of the allure of buns is the sort of almost upcycling upcycling element to it, where. Mm-hmm. You may have thrown something away or given it away, but you know in your mind this has value to somebody. It yeah. just doesn't really have any more value to me. Yeah. So, yeah, you're you're more probably more prone to just say, "Hey, well, whatever." Yeah. So your value for it is basically zero. Yeah. Which then means that you'll accept, like a like a tall can, right? Something that right. or or like basically or like a token, whatever. Sure. So that's I think that's one thing that kind of gets around this, you know double coincidence of wands yeah 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 uh the other thing is actually the opposite 
if I have something that I know is really valuable, yeah, I know that people are going to want to get to get me stuff for it. Right. Then I have my ISO list, right, which kind of shows all the stuff that I want. Yeah. And then I know that people are like, even if they don't have it, right, they will go and get it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's actually like a really clever way in which kind of bonds gets around this issue as well. In some sense, you're almost like paying someone to go buy you stuff. Yeah, it, it, or you know find I mean? you stuff or what, whatever it yeah. is. Just get you the thing that you need so you don't have to bother. Exactly. No, exactly. And if you think about it, like versus selling something on Kijiji, like if you have something that's like pretty valuable and you sell it on Kijiji, then you have to, and you want something else, mm -hmm. then you have to do two actions. You have to get someone to come over and sell it to, to them for money. Yeah. And then you have to take that money to like whatever store or look for stuff in a store and then buy stuff for that right. money. Whereas in this case, it kind of simplifies it a little bit in the sense that yeah. you just pay, you effectively just pay someone to, but I mean, it's implicit, but you effectively just pay someone to, to, um, to, to buy you the thing you need. Yeah. Uh, well, so I would add a few things to that as well. Okay. Um, I think that, and I mentioned this a lot, uh, part of it is is a sort of a friendship aspect or just like a mutual sort of understanding mm -hmm. so and that, that's kind of two-pronged the first one is that uh we're on buns we appreciate that we may not get the same value that we would if we sold it on say a kijiji or an ebay mm -hmm. or what have you but it's a lot simpler um yeah. things tend to go quicker the yeah. transactions are you know there's uh, and it kind of leads in the second point is there's no haggling. So essentially, uh, when you meet up with somebody on Kijiji, you're at odds immediately because you want to get the most money out of it and they want to get it as cheaply as possible. Yeah. Right. Whereas with buns, and I say this all the time on the show, is that it necessitates friendships because uh, when you meet up, there's all of that's already out of the way. There's no sort of like, I want this, you want this. There's no none of that back and forth anymore. It's just kind of like, okay, well, I have this thing that you want. You have this thing that I want. So let's exchange them. Maybe we'll hang out for a second, mm -hmm. you know? But but is that is that the app aspect of it in the sense that you can talk, you talk to people ahead of time? Well, or, or is that something that you think is unique? I mean... Part of it, part of it might be the app, but I don't know. In the buns trades that I've had, there hasn't been very much sort of like wheeling and dealing on the app before. No, totally, yeah. It's kind of just like, okay, well, let's meet up. You know, where do you want to meet? And that's essentially yeah. the the conversation. And I, for sure, that makes it easier. But it's not. It's not as if Kijiji or uh, eBay or any of those other places ha don't have those apps as well. It just seems like we we've carved out a group that has a mutual understanding that says, okay, you know, like let's, let's do away with all that shit and just kind of hang out. And then they, they also help each other on the side. Like, you yeah. know, buns help other buns find yeah. lost things yeah, and whatever. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think that people are more apt to just say, well, you know, this isn't exactly as much money as I could have gotten or whatever equivalent value to what I could have gotten. But you know, you're a bun, I'm a bun. That's mm -hmm. fine. I think maybe it's also that, most of the users are like we're we're all kind of similar, right? In the sense yeah, yeah. That we're all you know like twenties or thirties living in a big city, um, so we all kind of know, like it's you know like you're not gonna get those like grumpy hagglers. Sorry, you're not oh. gonna get those like grumpy ha hagglers who are trying to trying to really get 
uh like the trying to rip you off basically or yeah, yeah. trying to steal your your stuff absolutely um we all kind of know what you know uh i don't know, like an american apparel shirt yeah. is worth right um or what you know like a vintage saucer is worth right so we also see strange things like today i saw a 50 inch plasma screen tv that somebody was willing to trade for a metro pass <laughs> um the other day, I also so someone put up a cracked iPhone six. The screen mm. was cracked but fully functional, and they're just like, "Yeah, just give me two, three bottles of wine for it." Cool. So That's, you know, yeah, there there are some oddities there, but I think it comes down to what your initial point was was just like, you know, eventually people are just like, "I don't, I don't need this anymore," and getting rid of it on buns is probably, you know, there's no value in it for me. This item holds no value for me. Yeah, and getting rid of it on buns is probably easier than you know, going through other channels. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And definitely I agree that the community aspect of it like creates this additional like externality. I, I don't, uh, externality is what we call it in economics. But, right. Like it's basically you benefit from other people benefiting. So have you kind of, I guess once you were introduced to buns, have you started, you know, actively studying buns? Is it like a, is, is it a curiosity for you or is it something that you're like looking at in an academic sense? Um, I think it's mostly a, curiosity for me right now sure um i would need to get a bunch of data to actually like i i'm an uh, i do i do empirical studies so yeah. i kind of i would need to see the data of like the trades and what's being traded for what and all right. this other stuff to actually get a sense of you know like the underlying mechanisms that drive yeah this market and w what kind of things would you want to kind of discern from that i i mean again i know very little about the study of economics to know you know why this would be of interest to, to somebody like you yeah so that, that's a good question i don't know i mean um that is a good question uh the main questions that i i personally try to deal with are kind of of important like regulatory they, they have a regulatory relevance in the okay. sense that you know like like the government needs to regulate or wants to regulate how Google displays their advertisements or how Google, you know, like um, regulatory agencies really care about, you know, like how Google displays the search results. Right. Because, for example, you know, if they potentially, you know, if, if they potentially bias search results for their products versus other products, then, you know, firms that are competing with Google will be harmed and other potential entrants will not want to enter the market. Right. So these are the kind of so like I'm I'm interested in like these kind of market power monopoly type issues. Mm -hmm. So from that perspective, it's kind of hard to think about. It's hard to think about buns from a regulatory perspective. I think it's more like just of interest to see how different um, how different means of exchange work. Right. How different. So. You know, like, yeah, I, like actually like reading that thing that Jevons wrote was just really struck me because, you know, he talks about this economic, uh, like this economic rule of this, of why we introduce money in the first place. And then he directly after that lists this thing that's exactly like buns that yeah. kind of counteracts it in some sense. So and, and it's now actually that we, curious to see why it works. We kind of have the technology to help necessitate the the resurgence of the barter economy. I mean, it's it's a lot easier to get more people to see what you've got and thus 
find what you're looking for so that you have that sort of uh, I'm sorry, I don't remember what you what the term was, but like you you have matching wants. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly it. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, it's I mean, I that's part of the reason why I love these online markets is because there's nothing really new to them. Yeah. Um, it's just there's no new economics here. It's it's all it, but it's it's just faster and more efficient. Right. So it's right. more efficient to find you know, like the stuff that you want and it's more efficient for other people to figure out what you want, right? As opposed to like putting an advertisement. So let me take a step back from buns for a second. You mentioned that, um, you know, regulatory bodies try and monitor to make sure that people aren't paying for optimized search results, right? Essentially? Something like that, yeah. So why is it, why is it like not fair for Google to do, to, you know, do that sort of, thing but it's okay for things like uh kijiji to allow users to kind of pay to get themselves on the top of the of the pile so i mean i think if kijiji was as popular as google is yeah it would come under just as much scrutiny for that right um so it really just has to do with how many eyes are watching basically so basically i mean the, the 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 claim is that google is that there's no substitute for google essentially right and that, so it's almost become essential. Exactly. Yeah. It's like yeah. It's like a utility, right. basically. And I mean, the the way that Google tries to get around that is by saying, "Well, look, you can just go to Bing or whatever. Yeah. We're not that essential." But you know, there's obviously kind of points both for and against that. So, what other online sort of markets do you study um, academically? So, my current research project is on mobile app markets. Okay. Um, so I look at, um, so I look at why developers, app developers choose, uh, to develop particular types of apps and, uh, why they choose to enter the market and why they choose to kind of invest in the quality of their apps. Sure. And I'm trying to connect that to kind of, to the search cost idea, the, the idea that consumers, you know, are looking for different types of products and, um, because you know it's hard to find it's hard to look through stuff online yeah it's not as it's not as hard as you know like going to different stores or whatever but there's still like a cost associated with figuring out you know what a product is sure so then um you know search results actually limit competition in some way and limit the kind of products that you can see in the market sure so there was this thing that Google did. Oh, so I'm I'm looking at the Google Play yep. store. This is completely, or it's not directly relevant to what I was saying to Google before, but it's a little bit related. Sure. But basically, the idea is that um, so when you look at mobile app markets, you look at um, at categories, right? Like you look for productivity apps or music games or whatever, and then. In uh, 2014, so before 2014, Google used to have six mobile game categories. Mm -hmm. And then in 2014, they split it up into 18 mobile game categories. So what did that do? It basically, now consumers, you know, made it much easier for consumers to find what they want. Uh, Because prior to the split, you basically had, uh, you know, if a consumer wanted a family game, so like something for kids. Right they would have to go to these different categories that weren't necessarily family games and try to look for an app that was a family game. So that involves probably a lot of scrolling, right? Yeah. But now, uh, after the split, Google had a bunch of family game, like a family game category. So it was easy to find family games. 
So you kind of see a lot of new family games entering the market uh, because it was easy to find them. Right. I guess a, a little bit less competition because they only have to compete with light games. Exactly. That's that's exactly it. And it actually creates, in some ways, this um, this disincentive to invest in quality because you don't have to be the best game just the best family game game. exactly so you can kind of see so in the data you know you see a ton of entry right and a ton of entry into these more niche categories right right right. but you also kind of see lower investment in quality in the sense that yeah they they don't really need to do that anymore but there's got to be a fine line between uh allowing users to find you know to give them the categories that they want and overwhelming users because i know that from from a real life perspective when mm-hmm. i go to restaurants and they have a menu that's like three four pages i'm like okay you yeah know, like i might be able to find something here but if i get a menu that's like five six seven ten pages i'm like i don't even know what i want yeah for sure i i think it was definitely like a tipping point at some at some point right, right. um and uh and because um, then I think at that point, you're only looking at, you know, if you're let's say that to use a Google Play example, mm-hmm. if they split it into like 10, 15 categories, I'd really only just be looking at the top sellers category mm-hmm. or something, because at that point, it's just too much. Again, it's just another another thing that I have to scroll through before I need to find what I'm looking for. Yeah. I mean, an even more extreme example, suppose they, uh, you know, there's like 500,000 apps on Google. Right. Suppose they have 500,000 categories, right? Like a category for every app. Right. Uh, it basically brings you back to the original problem of not being able to find anything. So um, a lot of your research then centers around, you know, the the searchability or the like visibility of the yeah, app the stores. And discoverability. Markets. Yeah. Of, I think the discoverability is one of the big problems in online markets in general, right? You have so many different products, mm-hmm. hard to find them. Uh, and it's not obvious, you know, it's not obvious how many of these products are good and how many of these products are. Well, I, I imagine that a lot of these uh, markets, like, for example, we're, we're talking on a podcast right now. And I know that um, the iTunes market, mm-hmm. the metric for what's new and popular, I uh, sorry, what's uh, new and noteworthy or in the popular section is not obvious. Yeah. So how do you how, how do you like do you have access to the algorithms that they use to decide how these things get placed there? Or how do you kind of dig through that? Because I assume that's part of the research that you have to do. Uh, you mean in the sense of... So like when they feature things, how do they decide? So I think based on anecdotal evidence and kind of discussions with people who work in the app business, Yeah, a lot of it... So there's a lot of implicit advertising going on. Sure. So kind of bigger companies uh, are either, either, you know, either there's some sort of like a like a payment going on somewhere that we don't necessarily know about Mm -hmm. or you know just because you're bigger you advertise more outside of apple and then apple finds out and then features you right so there's a lot so it's an advertisement driven market so it's a lot Um, of behind the scenes sort of deals going on i think so i think there is a lot of that um right you know like and most of the big companies have like very big advertising and media presence right which which goes through these things. So the size of the company and kind of any um, any kind of relationship that the, or not relationship, but like 
branding that the company has. So like yeah. Disney or, you know, like EA Sports or something like that, right? Right. Um, then would definitely play into being featured. Right. And I, I, I would assume very much like other industries, it's probably like, hey, feature this lesser known game. And when this big one comes out, like we'll, we'll cut you a break or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And actually in the app market, when you click on an app, you see other apps by the same developer. Right. So there's like also this kind of direct mechanism through which they can funnel yeah. users into their other Well, they also, they also have a, you know, if you like this, you might like this. And it's yeah, not yeah, necessarily yeah. the same developer. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, so have you drawn any conclusions thus far in your, in your research of marketplaces online marketplaces um so i i mean i think the 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 big kind of takeaway from my app paper that's still in progress and very preliminary yeah is uh is exactly this when you have you know um when you re- reduce search costs in these mobile in these online marketplaces you get a ton of entry um but it's not necessarily all that great because you have lower you have these low quality folks entering the market rather than you know like the folks who really invest in high quality okay so my last question about the research and then we'll kind of bring it back around is do you find that um user reviews play a role i mean because if they have a lot of these like you know there's a high entry into certain markets or whatever you would assume that it would get weeded out by the people who are saying, hey, this is crap, don't use it. One would hope anyways. That's the idea, right? Yeah, I mean, that's the idea of online reviews. I mean, the online reviews question is actually kind of tricky because it's not obvious why people review things in the first place. You know, yeah, like, well, it, so I have a, I, I always say that I can understand why somebody gives something one star or mm-hmm. five stars. Yeah. But who is the guy that gives something three stars? Who's that guy? Who's like, ah, you know what? I didn't hate it, but I didn't like it, but I definitely want to write about it online. Yeah, but those are but those are really I think those are the reviews that are most informative, right? Because a one star review or a five star review, I'm like, well, maybe he's just a grump or she's a grump who, you know, like a one star review, oh, it just hates it. Yeah. And didn't really experience it, right? Or a five star review is like, oh, maybe they just bought those that review, right? Yeah. Uh but it's really the three and four stars and two stars that are like thought about it, you know. And, right, but who's that guy though? Because I, there's no way I might have write, written one or two reviews in my life and it was Probably because I really hated or really liked something. Yeah, you know? I think when you look at the distribution of reviews, it's mostly and ratings. It's mostly fives. Like right. there's a lot of fives and ones. I think the average in Google Play, the average rating is four point three. I don't know what it is on Buns. Actually, it's probably also quite high, right? I don't know, uh, but uh, interesting. Interesting. Let's see if I can find out before this interview is over. <laughs> All right. So I mean, you mentioned Buns. To bring it back around to Buns, do you think that uh, your economist background kind of informs your buns trades do you look at it slightly differently than uh you maybe a normal person would as far as trying to get as much value i'd like to think that i am fairly normal yeah um i'm just kidding uh but uh oh so for all of you out there, Buns has a 4.0 on the Google Play Store. I can't speak to oh, the no, iOS I, store. I, I was asking about the on Buns because people review each other. Or oh, give each the, other, average the average user, user, review. user review. Yeah. No, I don't know. Okay. That I don't know. Um, 
I, I don't even know if I can get access to that. No, no, no. I, I was actually just curious. I'm not important enough. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, do you, do you think that you kind of look at the the trades a little bit differently than uh, somebody who doesn't study this for a living? Um, I mean, I guess maybe I think about I think about you know what what the stuff is worth to different people a little a little bit more. Like when I don't I don't know. Um, so when someone like wants to go to a store to get us something for you know like uh for like a bicycle wine holder sure um i don't know i i i think about oh well you know like the value of the time that it takes them to go to the store and then go meet up with us versus like just buying it well i I think for a lot of buns users um money is something that they may not have an abundance of mm-hmm. and time is something that they may have more of. So it's easier that's for true. them to spend time than it is to spend money. That's true. That's true. And that gets back to the point of this being like a very, you know, like early twenties, thirties, twenties, thirties, urban, uh, underemployed, right. uh, consumer base type thing. Yeah. And I mean, th- that's not to say that that's what it exclusively is. There was somebody who posted that they had a sixties or seventies Corvette that they wanted to trade for a sure. boat. So, you I, know, I, yeah, I also saw the guy, uh, maybe you talked about it in one of the previous podcasts who was trading a, an engagement ring for a motorcycle. Yeah. That happened at one point as well. Yeah. So there are big ticket items, but I think that, um, there there's a few sects of people there's those who maybe uh have more time than money and then there's mm-hmm. those who see the um the value proposition in saving money on buns because people tend to let things go for slightly less than they they may be worth on the market because yeah. they're worth less to the person who's letting it go no exactly yeah, yeah right like a, yeah. You, you were talking about an engagement ring my girlfriend recently got a watch that was a gift to somebody from their ex-girlfriend mm-hmm. and he just didn't want it around anymore right. because of you know the reminder yeah and so past, he, yeah. he was just like get it out of here yeah you yeah. know so <laughs> i think that it, it it's interesting because there are there are certainly deals in one way to be had on buns but yeah you, you might need to spend a little bit extra time but you could get you could also get lucky and just have what the it is they're it, looking for for sure yeah yeah um yeah i know we've had some yeah, we've had some great buns experiences. So I well, okay. So there's three questions that I ask everybody. Yes. <laughs> before I end the end the podcast, and it's funny now because I feel like a lot of people who come in for interviews before they come in listen to a few episodes and and are beginning to expect the questions. Uh, the first few people are like, "Oh, you know, what are the, what are the questions?" But uh, so, what was your first buns trade? Oh, that's a uh, oh man, I actually don't even. Damn, uh, I don't remember. It was so long ago. It was yeah. Well, it was about a month ago. I guess it was a month ago. I guess maybe more. That wasn't that long. Yeah, ago. It, it feels like a long time ago. I actually lose all sense of time now because I just like work in my office. So sure. It's like I can uh, imagine working on uh, just like writing and yeah. looking at data. Um, Charlotte's gonna <laughs> Here here's what we'll do. Okay. I mean, you can't remember it right now, but if it comes back to you, call the uh 
the troll phone. Okay. Which is six four seven Zen Troll or six four seven nine three six eight seven six five. Okay. Uh, or you can email me. I'll tell you what it is, um, and I'll throw it in. Like, I'll, okay, perfect. You leave yeah. a voicemail, and yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll I'll put it in there. Okay. So, what was your most recent buns trade? Okay, so the most recent buns trade, we traded a uh, Toronto Blue Jays T-shirt mm-hmm. for a um, a box of Eco Pioneer baking soda. Okay. I don't know what that is. Oh, I, I I know what baking soda is, but so Eco Pioneer is this health store brand. It comes in this uh, in this uh, cardboard box. Sure. Um, yeah. So you guys use a lot of baking soda. We use a lot of baking soda. Yeah. So we use it to clean everything, do sure. the dishes. Uh, oh, really? With baking soda? Yeah. Yeah. I know. Oh, cool. It really scrubs the pans, um, and we cook a lot, so that does it. Um, also, in like laundry. It's yeah. part of a, it's part of our laundry detergent. Oh, interesting. Yeah, we're we're, we're big DIY people, so <laughs> I think that's part of the buns aesthetic as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so last question is, what are you ISO? So our ISOs are homemade food. Oh, really? Yeah. So, um, well, let me ask you a question before yes. you before you go on. Have you signed up for the Shea Lizgar? Um, list it's uh okay i feel like you might not know what this is but um it is a restaurant of of sorts that started on buns that uh they trade you bring a bottle of wine and they make you food yeah um and i was actually just there last weekend it was amazing what did you have um they made us uh, a salmon dish with some vegetables and rice and i mean that's kind of downplaying it. There, there was, uh, it, it was, it was quite good, and I can't really like. I don't remember all the, all the little details that went along with it. But mm-hmm. I mean, uh, so the one issue with that is that we don't eat any dairy, and then my partner doesn't eat any wheat. I think they would. I think they so would work around the restrictions. Okay, awesome. Then we're definitely in because, um, yeah, because that that's kind of it's kind of a hassle sometimes yeah. to go to a kind of dinner party where you know like our dietary restrictions really like place a yeah yeah. Thing uh, on the- all right, ladies. Well, if you're listening, uh, hook my friend up here with uh, with a net at Shayla's <laughs> Okay, so uh, homemade food. Yeah, homemade food. Um. Yeah, eco so eco pioneer baking or washing soda, okay. which we use significant amounts of. Um, what else? We're just updating that stuff. I think those are those are the two big ones that will, and tall cans of beer always yeah. right. always welcome. If you guys have any of those things, email me podcast at buns and I will pass it along. Thanks for for sitting down and chatting with me. No, thank you. Thank you and, for having uh, me. And once your research comes out, pass it along and I'll I'll shoot it down the pipe because I feel like a lot of people here are probably really interested. I mean, in the office and who are listening. Cool. Yeah, that'll be great. Yeah, I'm always glad to have more exposure. So. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, man. He looked pretty pissed. Had two white chicks with me. Everyone looks fit on their Facebook profile picture. The same could be said. So music this week is provided by Richie Lynch. I don't really know much about him. There's not really a bio on the site, but I did find out that he is a Brampton native and has released his first mixtape, Strange News. I mean, it's available everywhere. 
you can get music, SoundCloud, .piff, etc. Uh, if you want to check out more of his music, go to richielynch.com. That's R-I-C-H-E-Y-L-Y-N-C-H.com. Uh, I'll try and remember to put a link in the show notes. Uh, or check out the Buns Podcast Zone. All right, here is his song, Friday Night. I spend on Friday nights watching white guys slip in the K-holes. Never touch any drugs unless you think weed's one. And if you want for me a joint, probably wouldn't want none. Days of me smoking purple haze are pretty much done. Being paranoid and worth the body buzz, I'd rather drink a brew. Get drunk, embarrassing and stuff. Talk to females while slurring things that don't make sense. My day spent sipping on till my face has cold sweats. Real shit, but I never threw up now. Never threw up from the alcohol though Hold liquor like an experienced alcoholic In his mid-40s, drink 40s like Black guys from early 90s movies So drunk I swear the cashier trying to screw me Remembering my ex, former friends Drunk as fuck, backing up into park pickup trucks Small scratches on their parents' cars On the way to shady bars Swear to God I saw a neo-Nazi In a bar in my city And he looked pretty pissed Had two white chicks with me Everyone looks fit on their Facebook profile picture The same could be said after sipping like five pictures I'm 20, look at least 25 of my facial hair Haven't been ID'd at a club in so many years Six, five, so I make white women on the sidewalk Switch the other way to the other side of the walkway When I walk home wasted, take vacations out with Sega Beats Steal beer from other cabins so I drink for free My bad People at the party like who the fuck is he? Who the fuck is he? He, 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 he